you know, I've been fortunate enough to be through, I think, a few cycles um, either as a dealer in like the 90s when the, when the hot topic was, do you think we should buy a website um, <laughs> to periods of time where do you think we should buy one of these leads from this company called Autobytel where they just send you the lead? Right. But then you're not doing anything. So do you think we should do that or not? <laughs> so we went through that phase. And, you know, we've been going through phases. And I remember um, in the last downturn, because I think that's important too, um, we reminded dealers in 08 that there's this thing called paid search. And back then, um, that was another thing that we reminded dealers in tough times or market contraction times, um, at least go where the people are shopping or where that interest is. Instead of, you know, our, our, our advertising guts always say, hey, get out there on broadcast and with a good enough commercial, you're going to convince people to get off that sofa that it's time to be in market. Right. Well, good. <laughs> I hope you get 1%. Where, where, where are they? Hey, where'd they where, all go? Yes. Um, but when then we taught them, like, look, if a dealer or if a customer types in Hyundai dealer Los Angeles and right. you're a Hyundai dealer in Los Angeles, why don't you put the ad up there? Because the interest is right there. Right. And so I remember teaching a lot of dealers back then, get off TV, don't do these mass market activities, go back to zero, but still at least start putting money where these moments are where customers are at least raising their hand. Right. Whether that's put it in a marketplace where the consumers are already shopping, or if someone has an interest in you on the search engines, why not be there? And so I think we've taught dealers along the way, contraction times, go back to where the people are or where yeah. the interest is and kind of strip it down to that bare minimum. And I think that's where we are again today. And, and while you're there, don't say the exact same thing everybody else is saying. So, no. so we can just confuse them. Can you Agreed. bring me, I mean, just somebody from, from your vantage point as the CMO, when you were at Hyundai, can we just like dispel some myths here? Because I'm really excited to get your vantage point on this as it pertains to what we're talking about. Yeah, myths are my favorite part. D dealers, yeah, like d d <laughs> dealers move in this 30-day cycle. Their marketing moves in this 30-day cycle. I'm, I'm guessing, but maybe I'm, this is going to be a huge revelation. I'm guessing that Hyundai didn't come up with their Super Bowl ad 30 days prior to rolling the Super Bowl ad. These are things that you guys are working on for months and months and months. Yeah, and, and it, I think it even goes above the creative. Um, and it does come back down to um, what I call bottoms-up marketing. But what more importantly, I like to remind um, CEOs that the marketing chiefs today are really the chief revenue officers. Mm. Because we are have the knowledge of performance-based marketing today. I also like to poke at CFOs in automotive because they like to put our marketing spend in a category called fixed expenses. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to call them variable investment. Right. Because that's what you can do today. You can do those things and you can increase revenue. Um, it's not like the old days where you put the TV ad, but the person that really sold the car was really the dealer because they would shop five dealers. And, right. and so the sales chief is really the revenue chief because they're the one that got the deal done. Well, today they only shop one and a half stores. So the marketing guy better get the deal done and better get them in the showroom. Now you're the revenue officer because you can do it 
on a pay for performance basis. You win. So if you can have that philosophy of which I had at Subaru and Hyundai, you can be ahead of all of the chaos and run a very peaceful, lovely marketing department. And the sales department's the one running their tail. (laughs) I I like how you're saying variable investment because I think that's that shifts the mindset about marketing, right? It's the reason it's a fixed expense in most P&Ls right now is because nobody is ever sure if it's working for them. But if you're, if you all of a sudden had clarity about your marketing, that it is provide that traffic is turning into revenue opportunities and that revenue opportunities are turning into transactions and transactions are turning into ascension through the, you know, they move from vehicle and ascend to fixed ops customers. And then we increase lifetime value. Like if people were actually tracking these things appropriately, um, the marketing directors at dealerships would not be glorified receptionists. They would be sitting at the boardroom table. Yes. And with, all those things you just mentioned, you can track all that stuff today. And you don't even have to go to the full life cycle. You can be as right. short as this marketing event, a display ad, a video, whatever, drove a certain amount of HVAs. That's the bottom-up approach in the, in the, in the thesis, right? Mm. If you need to sell 100,000 cars, it's going to take you 500,000 HVAs, period. Right. So how are you going to afford them? How are you going to strate- strategically build them up? And the beautiful part is it doesn't take everyone's budget in automotive to do that. It probably takes 20%, 30%, maybe 40%. And then you have the rest of your budget to really do the right things on. That's, right. Now it's a variable investment. You prove it in the boardroom and you can do that at dealership level as well today. Because yeah. all this stuff at, at some level, you, you have an idea. Every dealer knows what their cost per sale is. And you probably have some idea of the tactics it takes to get you the next set of demand in your store and what it costs. Right. And this is really where kind of personalizing the approach makes more sense. Like, I, I think, and this is not certainly a knock, but it is something that we deal with in, in our industry, that the, the, the approach that the most famous dealership on planet Earth, ABC Motors, takes in... Wisconsin, some rural city town in Wisconsin is the exact same approach that gets deployed to metropolitan, you know, Chicago or something or Los Angeles. And then they wonder why, and then they get compared Apple or they get compared in the same data set when really there were apples to oranges. Yes. Um, and you know, some manufacturers, um, can try to help, um, make that better. Um, I think sometimes that's what's caused the complicated tier one, tier two, tier three system to begin with. Right. Um, But that has been designed to do just that. There are dealers in bigger metro areas that need to sell more cars and TV advertising was more expensive. So let's get everyone together and buy the TV advertising. Right. Uh, Tier two is infinite. Um, And so that was, I think, a a, a good example of trying to be localized in certain markets. Um, And I also think some OEMs are just, taking track care of what I call lead demand generation better. They're making sure that the dealers are getting a certain amount of leads in that kind of bottom-up process. And when you're a brand that does that, then the dealers don't have to work so hard. And you can, I think, plan around a better business better that way too Mm -hmm. for them. Yeah, I love that. Let's talk about this bottom-up process. You've mentioned it two or three times now, and I'm curious to, to dissect it. First, I guess, is 
what's the overview? Like, what is the bottom-up process? And and I guess also my brain is immediately going to, how did you come up with this? <laughs> Just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the but, newspaper uh, one day. I was reading the newspaper and I thought, well, <laughs> but I've been saying the vocabulary actually to my marketing teams for years. Um, and it just goes back to what we were saying a minute ago, which is if you need to sell 100,000 cars, you need 500,000 HVAs, bottom-up planning. Well, isn't that what you would do? No, not really. Because if you think about how the auto industry works, and this is, to me, the biggest switch that's happening right now, this coronavirus, this event of getting super efficient has caused this and I think accelerated this. But what was happening before this, there was so much linear TV, there was so much inefficient stuff going on. What happened was you would go into a tier two situation and and you would get up in front of everybody and the dealers would say, look, this is how we're doing our media budget. My share of voice needs to be more than my market share. Mm. Well, okay, there's your whole budget. Well, <laughs> no one can ever get to that. Or the big brands that can, they get there. Right. Well, then there's no money left over in a lot of cases to do anything like, is anyone taking care of the people? Who's covering the people shopping? <laughs> yeah. If Tier one is in front of everybody, not necessarily people shopping. And tier two is in front of everybody, <laughs> right. not really everybody shopping. And, and the dealer even goes on linear TV to say, I'm open for business, tell everybody. So bottoms up was just basically the formula that said, someone's got to cover in-market audiences and someone's got to cover their amount of HVA before they get into the market share and share of voice war. Right. Because what the rest we're doing was I call funnel up, down planning, which is this whole concept where you don't have anybody to digitally get anyway unless you put them into the funnel to begin with.